So are you going bowling today? I'm noticing this shirt that you have on. What? I'm not wearing what are you, bowling? It's very there's like a wide lapel, little cuff sleeve. It's either that or you're gonna be starring in the upcoming Greendale version of Greece. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the 45th episode of the Admissions Director's Lunchcast. I'm your host, Nathan Ament, Vice President of Enrollment at Knox College, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Tej Matil, Independent Educational Consultant and Director of Enrollment Success at EnrollML. Tiggy, how are you this fine, fine day? Nathan, I'm glad you asked. I feel like I just rode the best roller coaster of my life. Wild drops, flips, twists, and most importantly, because I'm now just barely in my 40s, it did not keep shaking me left to right, hurting my back. Sorry, I needed a minute there after just barely. Um, back on script. Teach this sixth season has a bit of a different theme. Combined with the new service we're making available to our listeners that we've been promoting yeah. all season long. But why don't you explain it a bit about what we're up to? Of course. This season... Much like a spell requiring the tale of one live newt, we are going back to basics. Oh, I was having fun when I wrote this script, Nathan. <laughs> I can't. Keep going. Keep it, keep we're it going. The, we're bringing the content all the way back to the foundational elements of admissions. Application generation, yield, financial aid, all of it. Lord, was is this? Does this come out on Halloween? Is that why you got the new? Okay, anyway, I'm skipping this part, this part because I just can't with you. But anyway, this season we have two goals. This season, first, as with every episode, to provide our listen, listeners, admissions directors, with timely, useful content that they can take in during their lunch break and leave with strategies that they can implement that afternoon. Second, and new this season is perhaps to be passed along to admissions counselors as part of an ongoing training and development plan. During all of our conversations this season, we'll be directing the conversations to be focused on what admissions leaders need admissions counselors to be thinking about. Correct. And it's not just the elements of a spell about newts. In fact, we have identified eight different topics that align with this season and the modules of the LunchCast lessons which is a two-day workshop that we've developed to bring direct to your campus. You know the drill. If you would like to talk with us about it, go ahead and reach out. We promise we will not give out newts at the workshop. Not, right. full, not full newts. The tale, however. <sighs> the tale or the spells. Right. The tale of one All newt. Right. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. We need to get this episode off the ground. Teej, <laughs> why don't you just tell us who will be first up for this week? Yes, as our influencer guest, we have Christine Grover, Director of College Counseling at Trinity Prep in Winter Park, Florida. As a former resident of far northern Wisconsin, I'm going to quibble with uh, the use of the word winter in any city in Florida. Have you been to Winter Park? No. Okay, it's chilly. All right, and as our practitioner guest, we have Evan Wilson, Associate Vice President for Enrollment Management at Illinois College 
in Jacksonville, Illinois. Tiggy, I'm excited. I'm excited to be done with this opening banter so we can get to the episode. So let's get started. The spell was about you. It didn't work. I need two newts. Nathan, I think we should take a minute to talk a little bit more about Lunchcast Lessons and also confront you for the fact that I just learned you never watched Hocus Pocus. I know, self-proclaimed Disney nerd, and I haven't done it, but I'll get there one of these Halloweens. All right, let's talk about Lunchcast Lessons. Last Mm -hmm. week, I talked about what I was most excited about. So what about you, TG? What are you looking forward to these workshops? Did you see what I did there? I got halfway there. TG, TG, all right. Well, Nathan, as you know, we have a very limited amount of time to do these workshops, right? So I'm planning to savor every moment we get. What I love most about coming to college campuses is learning the different cultures around recruiting, outreach, engagement, and yes, my favorite topic, phone calls. It's always so fascinating to me because ostensibly we all do the same job, but we do not all do the same work. Yeah, I agree. And we don't all make phone calls, even though you tell us that we should. All right. Yeah, well, I know. I know that you think they work. And they do work. But we'll get into that in the episode. All right. So uh, back on script. And I think it's to you. I'm responding to Nathan's commentary. And then I say, of course, dear listener, it could be your campus we come to. But we'll only do a few of these a year. So if you're interested in discussing the possibility, reach out to us on the internet and if you would like to increase your odds bring us the tale of one live newt we're leaving that in the opening banter but apparently we're we are not but we are going to end it here so let's get to these conversations and i definitely think it's time we heard from our guests starting with our influencer guest christine grover and our practitioner guest evan wilson as always listeners we hope you enjoy these conversations and we'll see you on the other side Nathan, how do you think Christine and Evan are going to feel about being paired so closely to ongoing witchcraft discussions? Well, Nathan, I am so excited to introduce Christine Grover, the Director of College Counseling at Trinity Prep in Winter Park, Florida. Christine, welcome to the LunchCast. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. And we are glad to have you. Christine, obviously, Nathan and I have gotten to know you in the run-up to this interview, but for folks who haven't yet met you, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you found yourself in your current role? Sure, I'd love to. Um, So I've been in education, let's just say forever, we don't need to put numbers on this, Um, and uh, was a teacher and a principal um, and and found the part I loved the most was working with students and transitioned to be a counselor and was working at a new school. Um, I was abroad for 12 years and that school said, hey, you know, would you mind working with the students, helping them with that college stuff? 
Uh, and the more I got into <laughs> it, <laughs> I thought, oh my gosh, this is a whole career um, in and of itself. And so transitioned into college counseling um, and I've been here since. That's fantastic. Thank you. Today, we're talking about application generation, kind of in the in the back to basics theme of college admissions. Okay. On the college end, moving students from inquiry or interested student to applicant or applied is a lot easier said than done. Anyone who reviews messages from colleges knows that college students are, are, are always getting messages that say, apply, 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 apply now. You better hurry up and apply now. Christine, from your work with students, how necessary are those messages? And do the students already know that we want them to apply? Does the nudge really move them? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so um, I was thinking about the question and that the answer is like everything else in our profession, it depends. Um, so I think there are a group of students that I appreciate the apply, 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 um, they need to understand that it's important to get their applications out earlier, um, to show interest for scholarships. Um, but there, there is the whole other side of that coin um, for those students who are, are nervous anyway. And the minute they find out that, oh my gosh, they, they should have applied August 1st, says this email, um, it, it, it does also create a little sense of panic with some other kids. And does the, I'm going to try to get you to unpack that a little bit. Yeah. Does the panic then transfer into something that maybe is for like, do there, does it kind of carry through the whole process? Is it something that um, really kind of puts them on the edge for everything? Or is it mainly just with particular schools that they, like they are just more nervous about because the schools that are more aggressive maybe are, then they're just feeling like they really have to respond to them. I mean, I, I think some of the kids come into the process um, with a lot of nerves um, and the, those particular schools that reach out to them a lot. I, I don't think it singles that school out if they're nervous about it. I think they mm -hmm. feel, you know, they kind of feel that across the board if they're they're getting that push, push, apply, apply, apply. Um, and and on the as a college counselor, um, those, those kind of summer applications, those types of things, you know, the control freak in me didn't get a chance to work with a student on it. So I'm like, no, wait, <laughs> you know, you, you don't just want to send anything out. Right. That's a really interesting perspective. I, I mean, I, of course I, that makes logical sense, right. That you haven't gotten to them yet, or maybe you're just starting the school year, but and nonetheless, on the college side, we're really pushing them um, to apply. So that's that's interesting. And, you know, and I, I'll I'll pull back the curtain on the college side is that we we see a direct increase in applications after we send out those messages. So um, unfortunately, they do work, and that's what we're trying to do. But um, if if we were to dial back on those a little bit and maybe do a personal outreach from an admissions counselor. Um, or maybe that it's a student from their high school or something like that. Um, do you think that that, uh, that that would maybe be a better approach? Um, or do you think that that would have an impact um, that was just as effective as, in, in essence, spamming them to apply, apply, apply? 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think that the personal approach is always lovely. It's nice to be wanted, um, but I don't. I don't think it'd be practical to. You couldn't do the personal approach with as many students as you can in that that mass email. Um, and there's a funny thing. I, I find that my students don't mind getting texted from reps or universities. Um, and every now and then some a student will come in and they're like, oh, such and such university called me. And they're almost a little freaked out. I think they're so unaccustomed to phone calls these days. Um, and, and they're worried, did they say something wrong on that phone call? So that that's an interesting bit of feedback from, from the students. Christine, you unknowingly walked into my favorite topic, as well as my my biggest frustration with how admissions officers or admissions counselors think about it. Uh, talk to me more about a student reaction to a phone call, specifically at the moment of like encouraging applications. So they're not even admitted yet. And we've got a counselor calling the student. Talk a little bit more, if you can, about how that lands. Yeah, um, I think that the big picture is that they're happy someone's reaching out to them and someone cares enough to call them. But I think it's like a little bit of a shock value um, because other than their parents, right? Their phones don't ring. They're so used to communicating via text. Um, and I don't know, I think it catches them off guard, maybe not at a great time. Um, which I had never thought about until I was talking with the kids about it. And they, they're not a huge fan of the phone calls in general. Yeah. I think, um, you know, it's so easy. I, one, as a general rule, I don't think counselors like to make phone calls. So they take, they elevate all of the negative feedback they get about phone calls, but a well-planned com conversation by phone where the student knows you're calling and knows why you're calling um, I think really moves the needle in a positive direction. And I think that's a little bit of what I was picking up, like the shock value, the 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 feeling of they care enough to reach out resonates. Uh, and if we can just control for the awkward factor, the surprise factor, I think you have a really good approach that you yeah, can connect no, with students on. I, I agree with you 100%. That That's a whole different type of thing. If they know it's coming, um, like an interview, they can get prepared, they get excited, um, and it, it gives a real personal touch. I feel like they have a connection already at the university, somebody's looking out for them, um, so that leaves a, a, a much better feel with a student than, like you say, that surprise phone call. Yes, of course. All right. So one of the things that I'm always fascinated by is students will tell us that they don't like kind of typical marketing tricks, right? And often new admissions counselors will empathize with that perspective and, and kind of recoil away from it. Yet, as, as Nathan alluded to, they work and students respond to the gimmicks, the tricks, the mass messages. How do you think a new admissions counselor can think about that contradiction? Yeah, I I think there's a lot of things that go into that. I, yeah, the kids report that they don't like it, but there's the the name recognition. It makes them look at schools they wouldn't have looked at otherwise. Um, and for new admission people, I don't know. I kind of think 
there's always things in life that are good for us that we might not necessarily like, <laughs> but but they work and we have to do them. Um, yeah. yeah, so I, I, I couldn't imagine moving away from that, even though my students will yell at me um, because their, their <laughs> inboxes fill up. Um, yeah. But you know, what I always tell them is open the email, look at it, look at the university, check it out. If it's something you're definitely not interested in, unsubscribe to it. Um, just deleting them does not make them go away. If you're not interested, let the college know. Yeah. And all too often, unsubscribe doesn't make them go away either. But that's a conversation <laughs> for another day and a, a whole discussion <laughs> on Can Spam Act. Oh, no. So I've been lying to them all this time. <laughs> no, it's usually it works well enough. But you know, I, uh, Christine, I do some consulting work with colleges every now and then, and an institution was really struggling far below their application target numbers, far below. So I came in late in the cycle with some very, um, I won't say quite gimmicky messaging, but kind of deadline-based messaging of, we need you to apply by November 4th, and here's the benefits, and you know, extend the deadline to one or two times. And some of the newer admissions counselors really kind of pushed back at that in concept, until they saw it work, right? It, it generated right. interest and in, in activity. And it's, um, it's just a tough, tough thing for a, a, for a new admissions counselor to kind of get their head around that students will respond to things they say they don't want to respond to. Yeah, no, ab absolutely. And I, I know um, we all run into kind of the, those issues of, well, they're not reading their emails. You yep. know, what now? How else do I get a hold of them? Um, but for recruiting purposes, you know, I, I don't know how else you would have that mass audience. Yeah. Well, great. Well, Christine, this has been fascinating to think about this particular topic from a school counselor perspective. So thank you for that. Um, as we wrap up, we always just like to ask our guests the same two questions. What are you working on next? And how can our listeners get in touch with you if they want to continue the conversation? So it's interesting. I was thinking about what am I working on next? And I thought, you know, split, splitting it out between personal and uh, work. And there's been a lot more focus post pandemic on student well-being and mental health. Um, and so I'm trying to do that with the college counselors in my office um, and, and be better about that work life balance. Um, I'm open to any and all suggestions. It's not my strength. <laughs> um, and and professionally, uh, we're always adding new programming, um, trying to have more touch points with the parents. Um, we Last year, we started cup, cup of College, where we cover a topic every week and then open it up to discussion. And this year, we're mm -hmm. starting an Ask Me Anything at lunchtime. So grade levels will be able to come. And if you ask a question, you get some college swag. Um, and just without having to have individual point appointments, how do we reach more students? Um, and how to get in touch with me? I guess Instagram's the best way. Um, I'm on it fairly often. Um, please feel free to, to reach out. How would they find you on Instagram? Oh, Christine Grover. Oh, yep. there you go. Yep. Christine, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much. It was great to, to be with you guys today. Thanks, Christine. Thanks, Nathan.
Well, Tej, I'm really excited to uh, welcome back two gentlemen from Media Cross to share their perspective on this week's topic. Josh Bistromowitz, welcome back. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, just experienced about 15 plus years in higher education as a director of admissions and executive director of recruitment, um, and then came over to uh, Media Cross about three and a half years ago. Drew, how about you? Yes, I'm Drew Griffin. I have 20 plus years in higher education, all in admissions and enrollment management, um, and just came with Media Cross about a year ago. Um, so here we are. Well, that's great. And I appreciate how much you guys, uh, how much experience you bring from higher education. Um, and I think that's always helpful for clients. I found that myself when I'm working with different partners, um, that it's helpful to have that experience and what it's like to be on a college campus because it's a journey. But let's let's talk a little bit about MediaCross today and tell us a little bit about how MediaCross specifically helps colleges at this particular stage in the recruitment process. For sure. And, and you're right. It is a journey, Nathan. Um, so uh, in terms of application generation, um, anytime that we partner with a new uh, institution with Media Cross, it really we begin with the end in mind. Really, we, we have that conversation to really understand the institution's goals and objectives and really what success would look like for that institution. And so then as we develop strategies and initiatives um, uh, to, to really to help them get there, uh, we, we do, we have those difficult conversations about what's realistic, what is manageable, um, and then how we can partner together to, to help those institutions reach their goal. So when it comes to application generation, one of the best things that we do first off is our digital view book. Um, and I'm not talking about a PDF. I'm not talking about an issue uh, on your website. I'm talking about a, an interactive experience for your students. Um, and basically, it personalizes the experience. It connects with the institution's CRM, and it pulls information from the CRM. It pushes information back to the CRM. Anytime a student enters information into that digital viewbook site, um, the next time they log in, they're seeing specific information geared toward their needs and wants. And by itself, that is a standout product. But coupled with our digital and social media marketing, that's a home run every time for institutions, especially generating apps for students who've already visited the campus, using that IP targeting uh, with those lists of students who visited, or retargeting for students who've already been on the website. Um, if they've just checked it out, um, if they've filled out an RFI form or whatever, retargeting an IP targeting that's really going to hit a home run along with our digital view book to really generate those applications for the institution. Josh, what else? I think that um, that is an excellent uh, point that you have. And I, I love our digital view books, um, but I think that the actual consultation uh, position that we have and that we provide with our products um, is also super helpful. Um, Nathan, like you said, we have extensive experience uh, on the college campus. We understand what our partners are going through. Um, and when I say this, VPs and presidents don't come for me, but maybe application generation isn't your challenge. Um, getting more applications isn't always the solution to driving up enrollment. Um, and so through research and consultation that we can support, um, we really can help identify where are those true challenges within your funnel and where can we make the most impact to help you achieve your enrollment goals. Um, so it's all kind of in a nice little package. The experience combined with what we have to offer is really the best support. So Josh Drew, obviously often colleges will take this on themselves. When you step in, what do you think colleges miss when they kind of go it alone at this stage in the funnel? 
Sure. Um, I think sometimes you're too close to the challenge. Um, and I know that, um, you know, working with colleagues over the years, um, there is extensive, you know, experience. And sometimes you just need a fresh new perspective to help you be able to change up the game, right? Um, I like a lot of times I like to say, you know, I was a great recruiter. I don't know if I'd be that great of a recruiter these days. Times have changed. Social media has changed. Um, so having a partner like media cross to provide that um outside perspective combined with the experience that we have within marketing really can support and take your efforts even further for sure and josh you hit it on the head earlier um, about that consultative piece i think a lot of institutions um they may not be doing that deep dive on uh, maybe some of their populations uh or some of the key areas or the the markets that they need to be looking at um and maybe they're they're focused so much on freshmen they're forgetting all about transfers or homeschool students or hispanic students or you name it there there are a lot of opportunities that colleges have that maybe they're just not looking into like you said they're too close to the product project and they just need to back up or use a consultant to help them um, find that th those right markets um, and the right message to, to impact those students. I'm going to underscore that, Drew, because I found that myself. You usually focus on that big population, right? Your model population. But then there's also lots of things you should do for those other populations that maybe what you're already doing or whether tactics or, or um, partners that you've explored, um, they're, they're not helping you out with, like you said, the transfers or the homeschools and having that consultative approach really helps. So I appreciate that you said that. So I think we're going to wrap it up there. Um, if folks want to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Sure. Uh, just find us at uh, on our emails. Uh, my email is joshb at mediacross.com. Or of course, find me on LinkedIn. And I am Drew G at mediacross.com. And of course, we'll be at the AcroSim conference in Seattle in November, as well as the AMA Higher Ed conference in Chicago in November. And we're, we're doing a session called Going Viral, Students as Social Influencers. So if you're heading to AMA in uh, Chicago, definitely check out that session. Josh, Drew, I have to say, having the email address of Drew G and Josh B is so much better than this drama with J. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining the Lunchcast, guys. Hey, thank you. Well, Teej, I'm really excited for the second half of this episode and the second conversation with Evan Wilson, the Associate Vice President for Enrollment Management at Illinois College here in Jacksonville, Illinois. Evan, welcome to the Lunchcast. Thanks, guys. So happy to be here. It's an honor. Well, I appreciate that. That's really nice of you. Before we jump into the questions here about AppGen, um, why don't you give our listeners a little bit of your background and how you got to your current position at Illinois College? Yeah, absolutely. Well, so I've been in higher education admissions for uh, 21 years now, uh, going on 22. I uh, started my career at Illinois College after graduation, like so many admission folks uh, started as a admission counselor, roadrunner, as you will. Uh, spent some time there, five years, went on then to work at a couple other institutions, one a medical school here in Illinois, where I was the director of admission. Learned a lot about uh, working with faculty and highly selective admission, and then took that to a regional public university where I worked for a few years, then came back to Illinois College uh, in 2014 as the director of admission 
Uh, and since that time, I've added uh, financial aid and student accounts to my portfolio as well, and been back at IC ever since. Well, that's great. Sounds like a very traditional path. So I think you're going to have some great insights here as we talk about application generation. So I'm going to jump right into it here, Evan. In terms of managing the funnel, you know, turning inquiries and stealth students into applicants, it's a key moment, of course, to improve a college's enrollment results. But as an admissions leader, what do you want admissions counselors, especially ones in maybe their first, second or third year, um, doing to influence this stage of the process? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think the first thing is that, uh, you know, there's not really any silver bullet, uh, right? And, uh, you know, I think my answers are, you know, certainly colored by my experience, which is, you know, at small uh, private college. Um, and so I think you'll find that uh, it's it's a lot of hands-on. But as far as the stealth applicants go, you know, we just have to give them multiple opportunities to engage. And, and a lot of that, uh, like so many other colleagues are doing in the digital format, so that's either retargeting with ads or providing, you know, request for information forms that do more than just ask for information. It's just really important to give them some uh, custom content and things that, uh, you know, sort of drive that engagement. But, you know, as an admission leader, you know, I want my admission counselors to have ownership of their territory and their goals. And that's kind of where I think it really starts. So this makes them aware uh, sort of what's going on in their territory and allows them to really kind of create their own personal recruitment plans. And so, you know, I think all that awareness creates, um, you know, an opportunity for them to be daily sort of scanning their territories and looking for, you know, signs of life, right? And uh, so that might be re-engaging a campus visitor to see what they've been thinking about since their visit, uh, or maybe taking uh, an interesting article that they've seen either on the, you know, the college's website or something interesting a faculty member's doing, and, you know, sending it to a student uh, to see, uh, you know, if they might be interested, if it's something that, uh, sort of uh, compelling to them. You know, like I said, we're a small college and our brand is personal attention. So, and, and belonging and and uh, our team has adopted a style that we refer to as uh, relational communication. Uh, and so much of what we do is really based on creating relationships with prospective students. So that means that, you know, the message that we send out to students or parents you know, come from the admission counselor, not from, you know, the admission office by and large. And they're really desire, designed sort of to invite conversation, not just deliver information. So when a student responds to a simple question that we give to them, it gives us a chance to continue the conversation. And, um, you know, the counseling team's job is really to help the prospective student make connections on campus uh, so our communication is really designed to help foster that communication, learn more information about them, and help, you know, kind of drive them down the funnel. What Evan, and it's such an important mindset to have at the inquiry stage, to be looking for engaged, interested inquiries that you can encourage to apply, as opposed to just waiting for the applications to come in and sending out more mass, mass emails and mass text messages. Um, for me, it was actually one of our previous guests, uh, Jeremy Tears, who helped me transition to that kind of that approach and that style of don't just tell them, but but invite them into a conversation. And it, it really, for me, at least just changed the whole game. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we've certainly been influenced by Jeremy's work as well. And, um, you know, that has really helped to, you know, shift our mindset also. And uh, it's been really useful. We've been doing it now for um, several years. And, Instead of pushing out communication, uh, sort of in a one-way 
perspective, it really invites that conversation in. Um, and uh, we're always, our counselors are always amazed and we'll send a blast email um, that, you know, results in, you know, dozens upon dozens of, you know, quick responses from students. And uh, yeah. that certainly uh, helps to you know, really kind of kickstart thing uh, in that relationship yeah. building. Yeah, definitely. Well, this next question, I'm intrigued by your answer. Uh, it's a little convoluted, so hang with me. But the short version is, do you think counselors should already be focused on yield at the time they're generating applications or just have a mindset of grow the applicant pool, right? So to be more precise, if your team could make 10 blind applicant calls in one day or just five to students they've researched in advance, which would you have them do and why? Yeah, uh, great question. And again, um, you know, I think this is so important, particularly at a small institution. It's absolutely the case that uh, counselors should be focused on on yield at all points. And it doesn't, um, you know, yield takes, uh, yield activity can take a lot of different forms. Um, you know, so at this kind of higher uh, points of the funnel, um, you know, there's some things that they can do that certainly will impact yield down the road. But, you know, to answer your question directly, you know, I'd prefer that they make uh, those calls to those pre-research students. And uh, and I think that's why we put so much emphasis on the relationship building. You know, counselors shouldn't really ever make a blind call, right? And uh, yields year-round thing. And it starts with knowing your students, right? You can't really help them without having some information and providing them some value that's based on some of that research that you've done uh, about that student ahead of time. So that, you know, the counseling team really has to have some level of understanding of how the student plans to make their decision. And, you know, that really only comes through building uh, a level of rapport and observing their actions in the admission process and, you know, listening to their concerns. Um, there's absolutely a place for applicant phone calls. And, and really that's kind of like a baseline of expectation, right? If there's an applicant in your, uh, you know, in your queue, that, you know, that's almost a given. I think it's really about uh, you know finding some of those home diamonds in the rough that haven't taken that action step yet to apply, uh, where I think the counselor can be particularly useful. You know the applicant phone calls can tend to be kind of transactional. You know especially if you haven't had previous contact with them. So you know you make that applicant call about something more than about pushing them through the next stage of the process. I think uh, end up having a, a better result. Oh, I think you stumbled into um, one of TJ's favorite topics, right? Phone calls, TJ? <laughs> uh, yes, Evan and his team. I've worked with them. They they know how I feel about phone calls. <laughs> Absolutely. It, it just, um, it sometimes it kind of boggles my mind how quickly counselors will will be to just say, students don't want phone calls. When really what, what that tells me when someone says that is, they're not targeting their phone calls to interested students. And, and that, again, is such a, an important distinction to make. Yeah, and I think that you, you see uh, survey after survey every year uh, that, that students themselves say that uh, phone calls are still an important part of their decision-making process. And uh, to your point, Tej, it's about making that uh, call worth everyone's time. Well, I think that leads us in nicely into the next and last question here. You know, in, in admissions, we don't really like to use sales terms or sales concepts like ask for a sale or, or things along those lines um you know and and because of that the individual outreach we feel is probably a little bit more tentative um so that's you know 
terms like if you think this is a good match consider applying or it doesn't hurt to have one more option you kind of get where i'm going like the soft pedaling aspect of it do you think new admissions counselors generally pull back too much or is that tentative approach the right one for our profession yeah well i I think it probably depends on the counselor's personality and their level of comfort um, with making the ask Um, you know i would say that i have uh you know, grown to, you know, lean into the ask a little bit more in my career. I would say early on, I was somewhat hesitant to do that. Um, but, you know, as, it, as uncomfortable as it might be in, you know, comparing admissions works to sales, um, you know, I think at the, at the end of the day, every contact with a member of the college brings the student closer to a decision. And, you know, that interaction with an admission team member, you know, is a clearer opportunity to, to make the ask, right? So, so if I'm meeting with a family or talking to someone over the phone or at an event, you know, I'm going to do something to gauge where they are and making their decision and, and where Illinois College, you know, fits into that. The problem is that, you know, it can be pretty overwhelming to students, this whole college admission process and all the decisions and markers are along the way. And, you know, as a counselor, you know, might need to help them make a series of like micro decisions, you know, before they get to the big one, right? So, you know, if somebody comes to a campus visit and um, they still have all kinds of big picture questions and, uh, you know, the counselor has to feel that out. Don't make that ask for the, you know, a deposit or something like that uh, right in that moment, but help them navigate some of those smaller decisions, you know, things like, you know, when do you want to have a college decision made? What's that timeline look for you? What what are your must-haves? And, you know, it really kind of goes back to that relationship building and, and the rapport. And, you know, if I haven't done the work to get to know the student, then it makes uh, that ask when I make it uh, seem like I am just sort of interested in that sale. It starts to feel a little bit uncomfortable. I think if you've done that work, you've developed a relationship with the student, it, uh, you know, I don't think that it, uh, feels awkward at all to say, you know, um, you know, I think you could be a good fit here and I'd like to see you on our campus. And uh, I think that it comes with practice. Um, no one's going to nail it the first time, um, but I think it is important. And sometimes students just um, want to hear from, you know, someone in the admission seat that we want them, you know, and that we feel like they could be a good fit. So I think it's okay to to lean into that when the uh, arises and, and when the when the counselor's done the homework. I agree with all that, of course, but I want to underscore the micro decisions. I like that concept, right? I think that that's what we talk. I think we talk a lot about timelines. That's another way to put it, right? Like right. the steps along the process, but those, I, I like that term micro decisions because that's really what a family is doing. And in all honesty, having worked on the sales side a little bit myself, that's what good salespeople do. They don't necessarily go from inquiry right to closing the sale or closing the deal or, you know, getting a signature on the contract. It is really, you know, outline all the decisions along the way and how you get them to that point. Um, and I think then hand in glove with that is making sure that they have the the family or even a client, I guess, has the right information and all the right information and all of the information period along the way to help make that next set of micro decisions. And then, you know, I think the real good salespeople and really good admissions people um, 
outline that and set those deadlines for them and they're attainable. You know, they're not like, hey, I want to hear back from you in three days. It's like, okay, let's touch base again after the holidays, right? Or let's touch base again um, after you've gone on spring break and then you're ready to have this discussion, knowing where they're at in the process and knowing um, kind of what's next on their schedule. Um, allows you to insert yourself into their decision-making process a lot easier um, and it'll be more well-received, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's also important to know who who's in their life that's helping them make vision as well, right? So right, of course. they probably do a whole nother thing about parent involvement, right? So, um, you, you know, it, whether it's a parent or a school counselor or guardian, sibling, you know, whatever that might be, I think you know, knowing who's influencing their decision and whether or not, you know, can we get everybody on the, on the phone or, you know, let's, uh, why don't you come to campus and let's, let's talk a little bit more or, you know, providing those people with the information to help a student make that decision as well, whether it is our institution or not, it's important that they're part of the process also. Well, I think that's a great way to end it. So before we let you go, Evan, we're going to ask you the same questions we ask all our guests. What are you working on next that you maybe want to tell folks about? And then how can folks get in touch with you should they want to continue the conversation? Yeah, for sure. So Illinois College recently partnered with a regional health system in central Illinois. And this has helped us to like dramatically expand our our new nursing program that we launched a couple of years back. And really has allowed us to expand scholarships and recruitment, uh, faculty and academic support, and even going to get some significant uh, facilities upgrades and things. So, of course, with that then comes, you know, the growth side of it. So really this year, sort of implementing um, all those strategies and, and, you know, it's it's quite an undertaking. It's really excited. Uh, You know, having a nursing program in Illinois College is a really uh, really transformative thing for us. And uh, we're excited to see where this uh, goes over the next couple of years. Well, and that's then, exciting. I was going to say that's exciting. Having done that at Loyola, New Orleans, I completely understand how much work it is, Evan. So Godspeed. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is a lot, but, uh, but it, like I said, it, it's exciting and, uh, you know, sort of a whole new day for, for IC. Um, yeah, I think your other question was how people can get a hold of me and, and certainly, um, you know, probably the easiest way is to send me an email. So Evan.Wilson, that's E-V-A-N dot W-I-L-S-O-N at I-C dot E-D-U. All right. Well, appreciate your perspectives. Wish you all the best with all your projects and your recruitment season this year. And thanks again for joining the LunchCast. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Evan. Tiki, that was a great set of guests, and we were talking about application generation, which honestly um, can be a little boring. I'm not going to lie, right? Like trying to get students to apply, um, it's it's a dry topic, especially when we were talking about travel tips last week. You know, it's it is a dry topic. I agree. Um, 
And it's one where it's so easy to get like a sugar high and to get false applications, right? That are never right. going to go anywhere. Yep. It's not hard to get students to apply, assuming you've waived the application fee. You don't require test scores. You don't require essay. But like when you make it super easy, yeah, you can get them to apply. But getting them to apply does not mean they're much further along in considering you than they were before they applied. And, and I think when admissions counselors keep that in mind, genuinely, and not, not as a way of avoiding phone calls, but genuinely keep that in mind, they can identify the right students to get to apply and increase the results at the end, which is ultimately what we're after. Right. And I think each of these, as each of these classes kind of go through, as Gen Z really rolls through here, I think we continue, you know, while we have lots of false applications and fluff applications, because we, you, you, the survey comes back, the feedback comes back from the students that they don't necessarily want to apply unless they are serious about it. Mm -hmm. So it's, it can be a big step and, or, and, or it's just something they have to try to squeeze into their lives. Right. And as much as we want to try to drive it home on August 1st on the enrollment side, or we're telling them that they have to apply by November 1st, because that's our earliest deadline for all the scholarships will, you know, go away on November 2nd, which they don't, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. um, they're trying to squeeze that all in, in a very, very, very busy fall. And like most things, a lot of the students that we really want to apply are even busier and they are the busiest. Um, so it just, it can be tough and we have to make sure that I think as the admissions counselor, that you are continuing to follow up, you are making mm -hmm. those personal connections, um, and kind of making sure that they know that we would really want them at the institution, think they'd be a good fit. And if they have any questions or how that would work, make sure that they get in touch with them. So that's the role of the admissions counselor. When we've been talking all season about how mm -hmm. you can take it to the next level, at, you know, after your first year going into your second yep. year, that's what you can do. Well, and it's it's not just, hey, we think you would be a good fit. It's when you as an admissions counselor and you're uniquely positioned of everyone on campus to say this to an individual student to say why you think they specifically would be a good fit at your institution, right? You've met them at a visit or you know something about them from their 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 CRM record. You've had a conversation with them. If you're able to reflect back things about the student specifically and how it links up to the institution specifically, that's how you can get students to apply in a way that has them genuinely considering as opposed to just getting one more admit letter. Right, right. All right. Well, I think that was a good episode and I'm ready to move on to episode number 46. So as always, I'm Nathan. I'm Tej. And that was a lunchcast. Thanks, folks. It also sort of looks like lounge pajamas. Okay, so you're telling me I should change this shirt for my kickoff meeting with a new client? Well, I mean, if the new client, like, if there, it's a school that, like, specializes in 1950s regalia or bowling 
or musical theater. I worry that our listeners are missing out on the hand gestures you're getting right now. Oh, well, I've given you plenty, so payback. 